Welcome to Seeking Paradise, Reflections on Spirituality, Community and Justice. The wise sage was dying. Everyone in the country knew that he was dying and they were really upset because this was a sage who had given them wisdom and guided them for 70 years. And he was on his deathbed and they were thinking, what are we going to do in this country without his wisdom? How are we going to get by? How are we going to make the decisions we need to make? Hopefully he can give us some guidance before he dies about what we should do. Well, the sage knew that they were thinking this. And though he was seriously ill and though he knew he was dying, he said that he would give his final words of wisdom that would help the country. And so they arranged that on the Saturday, everyone would gather in the palace and the sage would come and give his final words of wisdom that would help that land. So everyone gathered with a sense of anticipation. All the important people gathered, all the politicians and the religious leaders and the heads of industry, the civil servants, everyone important and everyone who could squeeze in gathered into the great hall of the palace to hear the last words of the wise sage. And he was very ill, so he was brought in on a stretcher, lying down, looking very pale. And they brought him in and into the front and centre of the great hall. And they could see he was weak, so everyone leaned in to listen carefully to what his final words would be. The wise sage lifted up one finger and said, listen carefully. And then he died. And everyone was really upset thinking, he didn't have a chance to, what was he gonna say? What, he didn't have a chance to give us those last words of wisdom. We couldn't hear anything that he was gonna say of what he was gonna say that would guide us. We didn't get to hear those final words. Except there was one young girl at the, bat, at the back. And she looked around and she thought, he did though, he did give us his last words of wisdom. Listen carefully. Last week I was talking about the need to listen for new revelation. That as liberals we must listen for revelation, not just in the past, but also in the now. But how do we actually do that? How do we do it? We listen. We pay attention. As Mary Oliver said a little self-deprecatingly, I don't know exactly what a prayer is. I do know how to pay attention. Well, she's playing with us because she does know. Paying attention is what prayer is. Listening, 
looking is what prayer is. Prayer, contemplative prayer, is a long, loving look at the real. And this is how truth is revealed to us, listening to the real, listening to the truth that speaks in the heart. But here's the hard part, though. Listen carefully. Listening by itself is not enough. You have to listen carefully. Because when we listen within, there's at least two different voices we discover, right? There's the ego and there's the deeper self. And we're in trouble if we can't tell the difference. Because we can make this mistake of thinking, whatever I'm thinking, whatever my opinions are, that's the truth, that's the revelation. That's the massive danger of the liberal approach to faith. But if we do, if we do that, we're in danger of making the ego into a god. We're in danger of just making a religion of what we happen to be thinking what our opinions happen to be. That's the truth of it. That's my truth. And there's nothing you can do to challenge me because it's my truth. That's the danger of the idea of continuous revelation. The real danger here is that we just operate out of ego, out of our fear, out of our, our, our own woundedness, out of all of our worries. And that's... That's the truth that we hear and that's the truth that we speak. And that's why we really need the wisdom and the practices of these ancient traditions to tell the difference between falsehood and truth, to tell the difference between the voice of ego and the voice of God, to tell the difference between our noisy minds and the deeper, deeper deep self, what the radical Christian tradition would call the Christ within, what the radical Buddhist tradition would call our Buddha nature. And that's a large part of what religious practices are fundamentally about. What they're fundamentally about is teaching us the art of listening carefully to be able to listen to carefully, to tell the difference. The prophet Elijah, in that well-known story from Hebrew scriptures, has to learn to tell that difference. Was God in the wind, in the earthquake, in the fire? No, no, no. That's, that's the showy stuff. That's the obvious stuff. That's the, the dramatic stuff. That's that's ego stuff, right? So when we, when we sit quietly, if we try to pray or meditate in moments of personal quiet or, or in, in our time of meditation and prayer in these worship gatherings, when we do that, we find that, that our mind is going here and there and we're fixating on our resentments on conflict, on trauma, on, on worries, and just generally on what we think about everything. 
And it's important to know what that is. That's the wind. That's the earthquake. That's the fire. That's the loud, the obvious stuff that we encounter in silence in our minds. And that's why a lot of people give up on meditation, because sitting quietly means it all piles in. And you actually feel worse in that process because you're allowing all your unconscious personal rubbish to float to the surface. And if you've got, I mean, we've all got, we've all got a huge amount of personal rubbish, right? But if you've got really unresolved personal rubbish, that then in, the, in that silence, it all, it all emerges and we just become more aware of it. And if you've got really unresolved personal rubbish then you're going to need to have some process of, of, of therapy of, of counseling is gonna is, is what you're going to need to do before you can really go into the depths of something like meditation and prayer but if we allow ourselves to go deeper than that to sink below that personal nonsense that comes from our unconscious we, we never like get rid of it, it never disappears, but we see it and we, we, we try to go deeper than it. We reach that sound of sheer silence. Now we usually prefer the bad translation of that one, which is the still small voice of calm. That's not really what the, what the Hebrew text says, but we like it because it's quite a beautiful way of, of expressing it. Yeah, it's fine. It's a beautiful way of expressing it. The sound of sheer silence, the still, small voice of calm. Beneath the earthquake, the wind, the fire of the mind, we find within the heart, the still, small voice of calm. Beneath the ego, we find the voice of the holy inside of us. How do we know if our truth is coming from the noise of the ego or the still small voice of the heart? It's a question we just have to keep asking. But there's some ways to get some guidance. Jesus said, you, you know by the fruits of your life. So if we're operating out of a sense of true humanity, then you will produce fruits of compassion, of, of joy, of peace, contentment. Doesn't mean life is always easy. It doesn't mean it is at all, but it means we begin to access deeper sources of peace. So that's one test when we know we're operating out of the still small voice and not the fire and the earthquake. The other test is to bring yourself into dialogue with others who are operating out of their true humanity as well. In, 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 in the present tense and in the past tense. You have to hang out with the saints. And when I say saints, I mean people who are learning to move beyond ego. We have to sit with the saints. We have to hang out with them. We have to kind of get a feel for them. That helps us, right? The best person I know who models this is Jesus. He's not the only one by any means but he's a pretty good model. He's a pretty good pattern of someone liberated from ego. So we seek the still small voice within. We listen 
carefully to be able to tell the difference between the voice of calm and the earthquake of our noisy nonsense. And we listen carefully to those saints who have trod the path before us, who are, while not being perfect, just a little bit further down the road than we are. Listen carefully. That's how we discover what is being revealed. That's how we discover that what is being revealed is not just like information. What is being revealed is a power. What is being revealed is the power of love. Listen carefully. <laughs>